This is Efficiency On Demand. On Demand. High Performance. Leadership. People think overwhelm, craziness, craziness. No time. No time. No fun. No fun. Just work, 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 work. It's time to slow down, to speed up. You owe more to yourself. This is Efficiency on Demand with Monique. Monique is a high-performance and leadership specialist. During the show, Monique and her guests will share the harsh truth behind their success stories, what it means to perform on a high level, and to be a leader in this world. It's time to take control of your time and live life limitless. This is Efficiency on Demand, and this is your host, Monique. Welcome back to Efficiency on Demand. We are here with a wonderful guest I was waiting already to get on. Her name is Anita Garza and we actually grew up in the same country, which is amazing and I love to talk about this a little bit, but uh, she is an amazing, energetic, psychic healer, but I let her talk about that herself. And yeah, I got her on the show for her amazing stories. So welcome to the show, Anita, and thank you so much for bringing your aura, your everything to the show and having time for us today. Thank you for having me. (laughs) My pleasure. So before we start, I always ask, please tell us a little bit about yourself, your name, where you're from, what you do. So, well, hi, I am Anita. And I live in Texas right now, and I call myself an improvement psychic. And why do I call myself an improvement psychic? Because I don't just like to tell people about the future, but actually show them how to get there as well. I love that. I love that. (laughs) I mean, I'm... (laughs) So we're recording this in... See, it's funny. I don't even know when we record. So it's August 11th. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just for for the context and so we're quite through the hopefully the biggest shit show of 2020 mm. but a lot of people probably would want to know well Anita if you know about the future and tell us how to get there what's gonna up for the rest of the year <laughs> I know I know and I get that question a lot and the funny thing is is that right I simply don't get anything. Like, it seems like as soon as it's like, there is like no way of predicting anything with what is going on right right now, because I believe that this is on purpose and that it's by design. So that now with all this going on, we actually learn to more relate on our feelings and what we want to create as humanity Versus having like a set goal, like, oh, okay, so by August 20th, this is going to happen. And then by August 30th, this is going to happen. And then in October, it's going to be another. No, I think that this all simply is going to come down to us as humanity, this generation and the younger generation, and maybe even the old generations, deciding on what it is that we want to see in the future as a future for humankind as a whole for this earth in general. So yeah. the predictions that I'm getting are more centered around what people can do in the now versus what's going on in the future. Right. I love that because honestly, I think I'm totally with you and I kind of believe that everyone needs an upgrade And then there's like two kinds of groups. There's that one group that gets the upgrade and one group that's resisting and it's going to just fall off the edge, you know, and they're (laughs) going to be like, they're going to be like, no, this is not happening. No, this is not real. (laughs) No, we don't have this. (laughs) You know, they're, they're just like blind. They're just unaware. They're just looking away from everything. And I think they're just going to resist the change. So I'm super interested in, you just said like you're, you're going to focus on in the here and now. What do you think is the one thing, maybe not the one thing, what do you usually say to people they could do in the here and now to go with the change 
and to, you know, accept it and, and maybe to grow with it? Well, first all is first off is accepting that things are going to change. You know, a lot of people do have a problem with that, but that's where it starts. First of all, start with accepting that things are going to change. And next, after that, start with accepting the way that you are feeling about the change. Start mm-hmm. with the accepting of what it maybe could mean for you for these things to change. Right? Like That's the only thing that you can control. You can't control what your neighbor does. You can't control what the person across the street from you does, but you can control how you are going to feel about this change, how you're going to accept yourself and how are you going to proceed through these times? Yep. A hundred percent. So when did you figure out in your life for the first time that you had these, let's say psychic abilities, mm-hmm. do you want to call them abilities yeah. or Collins or this energetic connections? So I believe I had it always all my life and my family. I, I remember saying things to my family, like around those times that I would see certain people, but they were already dead for like a long time. And well, my family's reaction to that was, well, you're being crazy. And why don't you just don't ever tell anyone anything about this? Okay. And so, I mean, <laughs> and I'm not even like yep. mad about it because, well, it was in the eighties. We were the only black people for miles and miles and miles around. So we were already standing out, out because of that. And next thing you have the little one talking about dead people that she's seeing. Right. So yeah, I can see why my family was like, wait, how about, how about you keep that on the hush? So after a while, I just kind of stopped. I just kind of stopped. I just kind of shut it all down. Mm-hmm. And like over time, I would send certain things. Like, you know, especially when I was like walking by graveyards or I was like, mm-hmm. you know, like talking to people and I would just like get a different sense for like, so they are saying this, but they are actually meaning something completely different. And, but I, I wasn't like, well, these are my abilities and, and X, Y, and Z and whatnot, right? I would just live my life until one day when in 2014, on actually on the 4th of April, 2014, my father was on his way to visit us here for the very first time in North Carolina at the time. And unfortunately he died in a hit and run accident. And that situation was simply so traumatic for me. And like, this is something that can happen for people when they experience something traumatic, that these in, these abilities just got knocked loose. Like it just like went from one minute to, okay, it's just me to all of a sudden it's like, okay, there's a whole lot of shit going on, all right? Like I'm feeling a whole lot of stuff and I'm not even sure what's mine. Like I'm all of a sudden hearing thoughts, I'm hearing people, I'm smelling stuff and like uh, sensing mm-hmm. stuff. And it was just like a really weird situation for me at the time. But I realized, like I reached out to a friend and I was like, all right, so I was standing at the funeral and I was look- overlooking like this horde of people because my dad had a lot of friends, this horde of people. And in German tradition, at the end of a funeral, you stand by the grave and people walk by you and they are, you know, either like shake your hand or give you a hug or, or whatever. And I kid you not, I was able to feel everybody, like all of the emotion. I was just like, okay, this is different. This is very different. (laughs) I was like, this is very different. And so I reached out to a friend afterwards and I knew she was like into the whole paranormal stuff. And I asked her, I was like, Mm -hmm. hey, so tell me a little bit about this. Like, like I'm feeling everybody what's going on. And she like then mentioned like the first time I heard the words like empath and clears and whatnot and whatnot and so I started kind of like diving into it and starting to learn and understand like okay so apparently I have abilities apparently I'm sensing some stuff and on the last day when I was visiting my family at the time to lay my father to rest I walked up to the grave and I said you know I was able to feel his presence there and I was like all right so I'm accepting these gifts. I'm totally accepting these gifts. But 
I will only use them if I can do good. If I can't do good with these gifts, I don't want it. You can keep it, shut it off. I'm good. And it hasn't changed ever since. And I've been doing good since. I love that. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so interesting to hear all of that. So let's dive a little bit in, if you don't mind. No, I don't mind. So rolling back, you mentioned already. Uh, so you grew up in Germany. Mm-hmm. Whereabouts did you grow up? I grew up actually in uh, close to Würzburg in Bavaria. Mm-hmm. And more like a like, like a really small town like everybody knew everybody my uncle was um the town's priest <laughs> you know it's like like I lived like I grew up in church I literally I could throw a rock from my window onto the church and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was just like you know it's like it was a very small town Right. So you mentioned you were like the only black family around. And I mean, that must be kilometers of kilometers, miles over miles, because Bavaria, just for the people who don't know, is in a thousand part of Germany, pretty conservative, very Catholic, I think most of the Catholic. Yep. Right. They're Catholic. Yeah. Catholic. Yeah. Uh, pronunciation <laughs> and and so every time I go to Bavaria I have to I have to say it because they say it about Saxonia as well but I don't understand a word their <laughs> accent is so heavy I love it I love it but it's literally it takes me a minute to process what they're saying and then be like oh yeah okay that that's what it was um, and it's super funny because they say the same about my yeah. my state, basically, Saxonia. They're like, ah, oh, your accent is so shit. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's that. No. Yeah, for real. Like, it's it's an, it's an actually like, an, I'm not sure if it's an insider joke, but about Saxonian people, a lot of people in Germany say we have the shittiest accent and they say we sound dumb. What? Oh my God, that's so rude. Yeah. I would never say that. <laughs> I would never say that. I do not think so. Yeah. I think it's because our accent is like a singing one and we kind of slur a bit with it. So it's, I think it sounds funny. I don't speak a lot of Saxonian anymore unless I talk to my family. But I do, would probably would have to ask what it is that you are saying, <laughs> right? But like, yeah. But it's like just as much as in Bavaria, it's like when I get like to certain parts, even I'm there just like, I'm sorry, what are you saying? What exactly are you asking me? <laughs> okay. It's like, I don't get it. Okay. <laughs> but I wouldn't right. be as rude as saying like, like it's the worst or the dumbest one. It's just a, it's a, it's a German thing about, I mean, there are other, like my, my sister, for example, married married into North them. How do I say it in English? Not Rhein-Westfalen. Ah, okay. <laughs> and yeah. And they have a accent that's called like Platt mm. German. Right. And in that the beginning, when I talked to my brother-in-law, that's like, I was 15. I was standing in front of him and I was like, are you talking German? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. But <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, and when his dad was still alive, we were talking and literally I had, I had problems. I was like asking my sister to translate. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, what did you say? <laughs> so it was really funny. It was the same for him. It was like, what are you saying? Like their mm-hmm. accent is so weird. I'm like, <laughs> so it's a very funny situation. Yeah. And yet love found a way. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yes. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So tell me about it a little bit. How was it? And I know that's probably like a, you know, this, this typical question, but how was it to grow up in, in Bavaria, especially like as a black family, not having much connections around with people like well, you? Me personally, like, yeah, of course it had, its, it had its moment, you know, like, of course you have your, your racism kind of, encounters but i call them all like dumb racism ignorant racism mm-hmm. type thing you know it's mm-hmm. like, like dumb things but all in all i 
can't like whatever my family did i know now that it was like made what was out of love and simply not knowing better how but like i grew up on a farm i grew up around cows and horses mm. you know we had animals nice like i played in the fields i climbed trees huh. i did all these things so i had good childhood it's just that yeah people that were outside of my family or outside of the village it's just ignorance yeah is there a way and it's only i'm going to only ask this question to be honest uh out of interest because this topic bubbled up now so much but is there a way to compare racism in germany with racism in america no i mean i'm like as i'm learning now as all this is going on um the situations or the reactions have kind of been the same where i as a black girl in germany that you know may have been other black girls in germany that wished that they had been white they had tried to do things to get their skin brighter right like i mm-hmm. was in the same boat but the difference is the sheer the sheer level of willingness of violence that is hugely different like i said in germany it was right. it was just ignorance racism here it's violent racism it's completely different wow. people are ready to yeah. like do stuff to you just because and that is something that i didn't wow. i didn't i couldn't fathom and especially now as it was like so obvious and just like oh my god why is there so much yeah we like i miss my german right. racism <laughs> as bad as it sounds i miss my german racism at least but with that i'm like okay well whatever but here you know it's like like get it almost like put up like you know it's like a serious car like all right calm down chill out mm-hmm. no way there's certain right. parts of the country i do not go to because i know yeah that is so don't even have a word for it it's so painful Hmm. And I I currently try to learn like there's an amazing black woman in Germany I to be honest would need to research her name again because I'm a little bit bad with names hmm. but she has a book and it's called Exist, uh, Exit Racism mm-hmm. and I love her because she is very similar to Leila F Saad but in a German way if you if i can say that like in a german way because she is writing about it from a german perspective mm-hmm. actually i have her name here her name is tupoka oket mm-hmm. and she's amazing and you can listen to that audiobook on spotify for free actually she has it set up at spot yeah and so i actually went through it so i I did listen to Me and White Supremacy from uh, Leila F. Saad. I did her Instagram challenge. I think she started that like four years ago or something like that. Um, 2016, I believe it was, end of 2016. I did that when I was traveling solo through Latin America. So that was a little bit of a challenge for me mm-hmm. <laughs> to do this challenge and be you know, in different countries, obviously, alone and going through other things but then it was very eye opening and now exit racism brings to whole german perspective to me and i have the feeling that when we talk about racism these days it's very much americanized racism with mm-hmm. all of the history of slavery and everything but if you look into germany we don't have the we don't have the same history we are more like a colonizing country rather than bring it back and also we obviously have this holocaust history that doesn't make anything better <laughs> so <laughs> there's that, that you know <laughs> <laughs> not to forget uh, so <laughs> so i think is to be very honest when i when i look at germany specifically like you can you can separate it into big cities like berlin is very different mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. if you go to the smaller countryside like right. where you grew up for example 
And I feel like racism is so subtle. And what you said, like it's a lot of ignorant microaggressions and these type of, you know, look at you kind of things. But as you said, I think the violence has not been as upfront. Maybe, Maybe between different religious groups, there's always like here and there something going right. on as well. Right. But I believe, I believe what you say is totally true. And, and I think that also makes the conversation about racism a little bit harder in Germany because it's not that obvious. Right. It's like, well, we're not really racist, are we? Because we have all of these laws. We, we have this education in our schools about Hitler and whatever we've done. You know, we go through all of these things. Are we really racist? And I'm like, yeah, because, you know, like we do all of this shit. We make all of these jokes. We are all of these subtle microaggressions that we put out every day. So, yeah, we are racist, too. And people are like, but we have all of these people here. So I think the conversation is harder to make it, to make people understand how racism works in Germany. Would you agree? For sure. Yeah. Totally. So... When you then found out, okay, so you had this revelation about, I have voices, they do something, I can do something good. How did you take it from there? So my first reaction, like I said, I was like, okay, so whatever it is, I just want to do good with them, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just started like, just trying it, you know, I started to play with it a little bit, try to, you know, like ask friends, like, hey, could I practice on you? And they'd be like, yeah, sure. And, you know, I would read their energy. They'd be like, oh, my God, that's just like so on point. I'm like, what? And then I just like try to play with some cards and stuff like that. But at the time, you know, obviously, I was also still a grieving girl, right? Like, you know, I was like daddy's girl, mm-hmm. lost my dad. And so I didn't even think of, turning it into a business for a very long time. I was just, you know, just realizing I'm having these gifts and all that stuff. And then, you know, slowly like these, these, and, and I started a business out of a, out of a different, different reason. Like I was doing some MLM work and doing that, but I hadn't brought in my abilities at all. I was just, you know, I was kind of like the mindset girl and, and stuff like that, but I never connected the dots to bring in, bring in my abilities until one wow. day my my ex now ex-husband ended up coming into the hotel we had literally we had we were packing up um our things to to move from North Carolina to Alaska and the night last night in Alaska he had been gone before for six weeks for schooling and he comes back and he is like I met somebody else I want to see where that goes I'm leaving you but because we already sold the house you can move with me to Alaska, um, build yourself a life, build yourself an income, and then we will go separate ways. And obviously at first, you know, it's like, I, you know, instead of, you know, I, I would love to say that I was like, yes, and strong and all that stuff from the beginning, but of course not, I wasn't. And at first I wanted to save my marriage and do all these things, right? And so we drove all the way from North Carolina up to Alaska. And in Alaska, we stayed in the same hotel room. And like while he was texting with this new lady and I was on the side trying to win him back, right? And doing all these things. And then one day I decided, okay, so uh, this is going to be the absolute last time I'm going to ask you if you want to try it again. Like I am that type of person, if I'm saying like, this is it, this is it. And it was it. And I asked him, I was like, hey, are you sure? Like, are you done? And he said, yes, I am done. And I was like, okay, good. And he turned over, he went to sleep. I cried, obviously, Ariel. And Mm -hmm. I got up and my kids, they had already been sleeping at that time. Like I was really like trying never to fight in front of them, but they already had been sleeping at that time. And I got up and uh, just, you know, just kind of like stood like they were on the bed right next to us and I stood over the bed and I just looked at them and I just obviously started crying more because I felt bad that I couldn't keep the family together and all that good stuff. And so 
in that moment, I just had like this like within me come to Jesus moment kind of situation where I looked at the kids and I was like, you know what? They were sleeping and I said, you guys deserve better for me. And I'm promising you right now that I will never be in the situation ever again where I cannot take care of you guys if I have to. And in the next moment, you know, like my little girl, she started moving. So I was like, let's, let's go into the bathroom and, you know, just finish being in this moment by myself because I didn't want to wake them up. And uh, I literally just surrendered. I just surrendered to everything. And I was like, all right, God, this is it. I tried, right? <laughs> my way isn't working. So how about you show me your site? Like, you know, just you got me what you want and like everything within me like all of the energies and all that stuff it was literally just like a finally (laughs) you know it's like yeah finally just giving it over and so then next my next step was you know to just ask for guidance what's to do next it's like what to do next and like within within the first 24 hours I had five people reaching out to pay me for readings and I was like Okay, I get it. <laughs> Message received. <laughs> I love that. Got it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask you because I feel like a lot of people would want to know. So how did this story go with your ex-husband and you moved together to Alaska? Right. <laughs> We did move together to Alaska. <laughs> That's... That's quite uh, strong. So how long have you been living there together? We actually ended up living together for three more years because... Holy cow. Yes, because I ended up, like, yes, the business started coming around, but I never had a successful business before. So he allowed me the time to grow my business, to grow myself, to find my voice Mm -hmm. and all the things. He actually has been very supportive. Like, nice. I cannot complain when it comes to that. I cannot complain at all. He had been very supportive through this whole through this whole three years, and yeah, that's that's how we just simply managed it. We also knew that we were going to be temporarily there, and he wanted to be in the life of his children. They were still very young, mm-hmm. and even now here, as we are living here. He wants to be in the life of his children. I can work from anywhere. So now, yes, we are here in Texas, but we are going to be in separate homes. Right. So how did you work these things out? I personally, I would kind of be like, yeah, I'm not sure I want you around right now while I'm craving and trying to get over this relationship stuff and you have a new lady already. I'm not sure, like, I don't want to see your face right now. Like, I would want to at least have a little bit of, bit you of know. space in between. And you know what? we did have space in between because he never, never, quote, unquote, like he never brought anyone home. He never did anything, mm. quote, unquote, at home. He always left the house to go to, right? Mm-hmm. So after a while, yeah. it literally turned into just more of a roommate situation than anything else. Right. Mm-hmm. And with him always being gone, it didn't, I, I had my space to heal. I had my space to heal. Yeah. And I had a reason and I had a why and I had, you know, all these things. I had a, something to focus on. Right. While he was right. doing this thing. That sounds like a very uh, respectful situation. And also a way of like being able, especially for the kids, I can imagine that's a, that's also a probably a good way to have both of the parents still around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, um, it, it worked great for us. Like when it comes to separations and splits, it's like do what is best, especially if you have kids and the other person is, is willing to do what's best for the kids Mm -hmm. because they were still legal. It would have been very traumatic at the time for Mm -hmm. all of a sudden me and them to having to put them into a daycare and me always going, because they always had been with me. 
They never had been around anyone else. And he understood that. Yeah. Right. So now that they are both going to school, we don't have to have that arrangement anymore. They understand very well that right. we are going to be living in separate homes. Right. Yeah. But it was something that worked for us. Mm. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. I said that straight from the beginning. Let's set it how it works for us. Let's not get get influenced by anyone outside of us. I mean, like we are Very still powerful. a unit. We're still a unit. We're just not together as a couple anymore. Yeah, very powerful. And I think if you can, I mean, I always think like people have been together for a reason. So you could be friends. Funny enough, my ex-boyfriends never think the same. So... <laughs> He's the only one. He's the only one. Okay, <laughs> it was like yeah, nobody else. Like he's the only one where where now we have a friendship. We don't have that yeah. that romantic yeah. thing is done. Like we have a friendship, right? And that's it. But he's the only one. There's yeah. no there's no other. Yeah, hmm. I think it's so interesting now in hindsight. And I think I never talked about it. So whatever, it's my podcast. So here you go. <laughs> I think, you know, I'm one of these people. And I think you probably are very similar, if I may say that. So I also have like this energetic kind of thing. I'm not super psychic in a way that I could tap into. I mean, I can feel other people, but I couldn't exactly tell things but I'm other the other way around anyways I don't know how to explain it anyways but I feel like that I trigger people a lot by just being around with the energy that I bring to the room and if they have not worked on their shadow sites I am somehow because I have a lot of light but I also worked through my shadows a lot. Like I've gone so deep into the darkness. It's there. There was no way mm-hmm. a side of light there in my own world. But I feel like I bring this power mm-hmm. and then they're, they're feeling triggered and they feel their own shadows popping up. And I don't even have to say anything. I don't have to point it out, but they're like, they feel triggered by it. Yeah, there's there's some people out there in human uh, in human. I, I personally, I'm really into human design, and mm. there are people out there that are that are designed to be mirrors. They are designed to be mirrors, and they don't even have to say anything. And people be like, "Oh, you must have just thought that." And you're like, "No, I was just I was just hungry." No, 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 no. You always have this look. <laughs> right you always have this look and i notice what you're thinking and that's no 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 I'm, I'm literally just hungry dude <laughs> you know what i mean it's like some people are just designed to be a mirror and mm. most of the time so i'm i'm actually curious to know if you are a projector i i don't know do you want to find out <laughs> we should we definitely should uh look at look at that but i'm I'm almost certain. I don't even know how to find out, to be honest. I have not looked into human design. I currently go with astrology a little bit and learning about that because mm-hmm. it explains a lot about my weirdness. So that was great to find out, but I've never looked into human design. Yeah, you should so, definitely. Like after this episode, I don't know how to do that. After this episode, I'm going to send you. You can get a human design chart for free online you, can oh, okay. you know you just need your you need your birth date and your mm-hmm. birth time the city that you were mm-hmm. born in and that's that's all you need and like you can go to sites like humandesignamerica.com or Should we do it right now yeah yeah let's do that <laughs> let's let's find out right now so that we can we can have fun conversations about it. So tell me a little bit about what you do with this human design. So what I do with human design is essentially I am an energy coach. I really help people with understanding their energy and also helping them, mm-hmm. you know, accept how they work the best. But with human design, that's it's the by far best tool to have helped me mm-hmm. help people understand themselves 
So what is this human design based on? So I know obviously astrology and everything, what it's based on, but what can I, like, where does the system come from? Because I read a few rumors, mm -hmm. so I'm not sure if they're true. (laughs) No, it was channeled by this gentleman named Ra Uruhu. Well, he he changed his name. His name before, I believe it was Matthew something. Uh, I would lie if I say I would know it for sure. I would have to look that up. But um, he changed yeah. his name to Ra Uruhu, and he literally channeled this, this um, in a couple of months. Like, at first, he was resisting it. Like, he was, you know, in corporate America doing his thing, started getting burned out channeled the system and was like, well, I'm supposed to be teaching this. And, you know, it's just like, it just, sometimes it just takes over. If you don't resist it and you allow for it to happen, it just takes over. And so he channeled this, the system to help people understand that there are these five profiles in those, in this world. And each of these mm-hmm. profiles is designed to do something. And each of these profiles has a certain way how the energy works best for them. That's why, for example, like a lot of people have a problem with creating creating or manifesting things in a certain way, whereas they try to learn it from people that it's like, I'm going to manifest like this and, and everybody's trying to do it, right? And um, it never really turns out that way for certain people because their profile is different from their profile and they are trying to live their life in that way of as that profile does which is just causing more destruction for them mm-hmm. and because the right. simply works different for them okay interesting i'm gonna send you this one okay what does it say? i'm not a projector you're not interesting what are you manifesting generator Go, girl. Yes. I sent you a screenshot. I don't know if it's coming straight. Yeah, let me see. Here you go. Oh, you got a 6'2 profile like me. Is that a good thing? A good <laughs> I have thing. no idea. You are a natural born leader. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm a leadership coach. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you are a natural born leader. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Love it. Manifesting generator, you are a powerful one. You can let me look at this one more time before I <laughs> you can speak things into existence from your intuition. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting that you say that. I have these pros I call them processing dreams. Mm-hmm. And they're usually happening in the last hour of my sleep when I'm already waking up, when Mm -hmm. I'm in this REM type of sleep. And I can, sometimes I can even guide them. But basically what happens is I process things that I'm busy with in my mind. Like may it be relationships or work stuff or whatever. And it's basically telling me exactly what to do, how it works out, whatever. But when I wake up, I don't know anymore anything. It just works. And then when I do it or when it happens, I'm like, shit, I dreamed about this stuff. How cool is that? Don't you get love that? Right? <laughs> now I just have to learn to guide these dreams to like make a million dollars in a month. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's like, come on, dream. Come on. <laughs> Right? Let it rain money. Dream about the money. Maybe you can allow for yourself to get so quiet and get into the state while actually not sleeping but being awake. I tried that. I think it's not even about the quietness, to be honest. Because the stillness, like I've been still a lot. I've been in solitude a lot. I, You know, like all of these things. I think that's not what it is. Mm. It's the different brain waves that are working mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And I have not been able to change these brain waves while I'm awake. And it's been hard work to even sleep. Like I've mm. not been sleeping 
for over 25 years. What I mean with that is, as a kid, here's how I became very psychic and energetic aligned. As a kid, I was able to see what, so people who are dying, specifically mm. in car accidents and fire oh. accidents. And we had a lot of, <laughs> now this is really interesting. So did you, did you see the Spiegel cover uh, of July? with Trump on it that says the fire devil of the United States. No. But you you know the you know the word Feuerteufel in German, right. right? Right. So for the people who obviously don't speak German, Feuerteufel in English means fire devil, but we have a very specific description for it. So a fire devil in German means it's a person who purposefully sets fire to houses so like an arsonist more though to get yeah yeah but mostly to get attention actually not though to hurt people or to actually kill them or whatever it's more though for the attention for Mm -hmm. the for their validation you know so that's that's what the fire devil is actually doing and it's really interesting that the Spiegel, which is a very politically and very open, honestly talking magazine in Germany, mm-hmm. called Trump the Fire Devil, uh, which is a, it's a very yeah it's a it, make. <laughs> yep yeah you should you should look it up it's a it's a powerful cover it was when I saw it I was like oh wow okay anyways so what I wanted to say is I was able. And I was like five years old. I remember to see it the first time. And it was exactly like this. I would dream in the last like 30 minutes of my sleep before I would wake up. I would dream exactly what happens. These people, I've seen the fire in the, it was usually a skyscraper because at the time those fire devils would set fire to the last, like the last floors of the skyscrapers for whatever reason. And then I would see these people jump out of the 17th floor and die and whatever in my dreams. And then suddenly I would see it walking by going to school. I would see them either jump, which is very traumatic for a five-year-old, or I see them hanging out of the window. Or, And I would literally say to my mom, I'm like, look, mom, the, the fire in the skyscraper and she's like yeah and I'm like there's a person gonna jump out of it and in this moment they jump and my mom's like how do you know like you know and I'm like uh uh I don't know and the problem is that I thought because I dreamed about it before that mm. I killed this people with my dreams oh. How do you explain to yourself you dream and then these fires happen and the people actually jump? And I said it before, you know, like, so I thought as a five-year-old, I make these things, you know, and car accidents, like horrible, horrible car accidents. So because no one obviously believed me and I kind of figured out that's my fault, I make these people kill themselves or have these accidents, I started to train myself to not sleep anymore deeply so I won't have these dreams, so I can't kill these people. So by the age of, I'm not really sure, I think it was, I was very young, maybe 10 or something, I started sleeping very short, four hours. And I didn't go into deep sleep. Every time I started dreaming, I woke myself up. I literally was like, I would wake up every night every hour almost. And by the time I was 13, I, I literally stopped dreaming. I cannot remember any night I was dreaming at all. And I was sleeping four hours ever since I was 13 until last year when I actually worked on that, when I, when I figured out that's a problem. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a problem sleeping four hours. Mm. Wow. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's all. No, that's okay. <laughs> I mean, I didn't kill these people, did I? No, you did not. Of course not. Okay, good. 
Right? Yeah. We do not have the power to do that to people or to manifest that for people or anything that we do not have the power yeah. to do that. Mm. Prophetic dreams, on the and other so, hand, that can happen. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it's very interesting. I did rapid transformation therapy. Mm. Do you know that? Mm-hmm. I heard of it before. I haven't done it before yet, but I heard of it before. It's like a very deep hypnotherapy. Marissa Peer has been developing it, basically. She's mm-hmm. very big in Mind Valley. Mm-hmm. It goes very deep in your subconscious and it changes the, the energetic, like the, the chemical connection that holds basically the energy of the trauma, something like this, mm-hmm. you know, in your brain. And so we changed that. And funny enough, <laughs> it did change a lot. I had two of these sessions. It was insane. And it unlocked, it literally unleashed all of my psychic energetic stuff, like a floodgate. And I didn't know what to do with it and how it works. Oh, and everything. So, yeah. So similar to your experience when your dad unfortunately died but I had this very different with, for me, it was supposed to be a trauma release, trauma therapy. And suddenly it unleashed this floodgate last September. And I'm like, ever since I'm trying to figure out how to bring it into alignment. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Yeah. So that's very interesting. And it it was very painful as well because all of my migraines and all of my um, nerve pain came back. Mm. Also like a floodgate with it. Also very interesting because I made a Facebook post. I'm like, I cured my migraines. I can get rid of the medication. And literally the day later, it was like, bam. And I was like, never mind. Not. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Yeah. Never mind. I'll take that back. Deleting the post. Like, no, don't, don't listen to me yet. No, it's still up there. I haven't done anything with it i'm like never mind about me saying these things and now it changed after four years not having them so yeah very interesting very interesting but you have to look at it like this now the energy is running through parts of you that that you haven't used and it's an adjustment period you know it's an adjustment period like once you have figure it out and you have found your way with it I'm pretty sure they will go back they will go away again yeah I mean honestly I feel like I'm like this antenna right now you know like the Teletubby yeah no I get it (laughs) I totally did trust me (laughs) been there before it's like I just suck in everything I mean okay let me ask you what what is going on for you with all of these things, like the lion's gate, for example, right? Mm-hmm. How do you work these things out? How do you receive them? How do you channel them? Like, how does it look in your daily life and your work? Honestly, this is the very first time in a long time. Like this last year, I've found so much of my own power that the lion's gate energy, yes, it can support me, but... I feel, and I'm going to, this may be going to sound a bit arrogant, but I'm like at a point where I know I'm powerful all the time. I can hmm. get into that that potent energy anytime I want, anytime I allow myself to get there. Right? So the Lionsgate energy, is it supportive? Yes, 100%. But do I make something big out of it? No, I don't. Hmm. No, I don't. I love that. So for me, it's just a... It was a beautiful day. <laughs> the landscape, like the energy called me to do a whole lot of self-care. And mm-hmm. that was it. But like, like these powerful messages, you get them anyways. As, as long mm-hmm. as you allow yourself to be open, to recognize that you have that power within you. And it really doesn't matter if there's mercury retrograde or or whatever that is going on, you're always that powerful. You're just sometimes maybe a little more tired or in a bad mood, but you're always powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I specifically love Mercury Retrograde <laughs> because it's used as an ex- excuse for everything. I'm like, 
interesting. Okay, so your tech doesn't work, which usually is not the tech, but we know it's the one who uses it. Mm-hmm. Just to- <laughs> I'm just saying. And then it's, but then it's Mercury Retrograde who uses your tech. I'm like, okay, right. cool. Right, right. Yeah, no, sometimes it's no. Like I have, learned, I don't know, that I have to lay those things down very much, very quickly because mm-hmm. I believe like it's leaving power outside of yourself. You know, you're mm-hmm. giving your power to it. Mm-hmm. And we are not in that space for that. Like me personally, like I'm just not in the space for that. Like my power is not outside of myself. My power is not influenced by X, Y, and Z. My power is where it is right here. Yeah, absolutely. So what would you do then? And we're going to see wrap up the podcast slowly, but what would you do for yourself if you feel like, okay, today I'm not, not feeling maybe in my power fully or I'm not, you know, maybe I'm in a mood or something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe my energy is low. What do you do to get back in your power? Absolutely nothing. I allow myself to sit in the suck if I have to. Like I do not force oh, no. myself out of it. I'm just, okay, I'm having a really messed up day. I really don't feel great. It's okay. What do I need right now? And then I do what I need right now. Mm. Yeah. I don't make myself post anything. I don't want to do anything. If it means that right now I simply need to be sitting in my bathtub, then I sit in the bathtub. If it means that I just need to be on the couch eating some pretzels, then I'm sitting on the couch and eating some pretzels. If I need to take a nap, then I go and take a nap. You know, it's like... I give myself what it is in that moment. If I need to grab my journal, then I go and journal. If it feels like my soul is feeding for something, then I feed my soul. And most of the time I do that by like listening to an audio book or listening to some music. Or, But one thing I don't do is give myself a hard time at all. Yeah. Why do you think many people do that? Like giving themselves a hard time and not and not listening to what they need programming programming of the Mm. society taking care of yourself and not doing anything is being looked at as lazy and especially in germany when you sit there and you don't do any and 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 it's over all in the world but like just having me sit there as is like being on the farm anybody who would walk by would just be like oh you're being lazy oh you're being lazy are you being lazy and i was like no i'm just kind of like giving myself what it needs but then you're like well, you don't want to be lazy, right? You don't want to get these these comments. You just go and do something, right? And then you push and you push and you push and you push and you stop when you're exhausted. So, yeah. Or you don't stop at all and then you crack out. Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. So, please, please explain everyone. I would love to know, since you know, please explain everyone how crazy different the pressure is in Germany in the work environment than it is in any other country oh my goodness I don't even think there's a reason why German quality is desired okay (laughs) and that is because of the pressure that we have (laughs) now is it a healthy pressure I don't think so I really don't think so but it's there and I think it simply has something to do with we are just holding ourselves to a different type of standard in the world in general. And it's not quote unquote a bad standard if it wasn't so unhealthy for the people. It is very unhealthy for the people. And I believe that we can still, we as, as Germans, we could still hold that standard. Mm-hmm. We definitely find better ways on how of taking care of ourselves. Amen. Amen. And you know what? It's so interesting because I mean, when I talk to people and I say, I know you won't believe it, but the amount of work that I was able to get done in a day Mm -hmm. in Germany 
because of the pressure, but also just you had to, like, there's no way that I wasn't able to get it done. Mm-hmm. is the amount of work that people usually do in like two weeks to four, and I'm not kidding you, four, two weeks of tasks in one day, yeah. in eight hours. And people don't believe me. They're like, no way. I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. I tell you, like the shit we are getting done. I had projects that we finished in three months that are usually 12 to 18 months projects. Yeah. And I was the only one working on that as a project manager. It literally, like, it killed me. Yeah, it's insane. And people don't believe that they're like, no way. Like, how how would you even do that? Yeah, I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know. I don't know if I would. In a very unhealthy way, (laughs) you know. Yeah. But it, it got yeah. done. You know, I, I remember those working situations. And I always like to like give people the example of like, for example, like holding, like being on time. Usually a German is ahead of time. Okay. It's just like, yep. And it's like this weird, weird programming, like just for, 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 for example, for, for, for now, for this podcast, I was ready five minutes before we even started. I was sitting in my chair five minutes before ready to go okay <laughs> so German. <laughs> like, this is so german this is like so german like we 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 be somewhere right like i i have an appointment somewhere i'm there 15 minutes early for an appointment and if i am late in those 15 minutes early i call and let them know hey i'm going to be 10 minutes early normally i would like to be 15 minutes early but i'm going to be 10 minutes early i'm just traveling I'm like yeah but you'll still be early yeah but i'm kind of late you know it's <laughs> just like late. Right, girl. i'm late early yeah it's, i'm late to being early oh my so, god you know it's so it's so interesting you say that i wrote about this in my new book right and i said so when i moved away from germany six years ago I basically started to adapt to different ways of being on time. And in Asia, being on time is like two hours late in many countries. And so I'm not two hours late, but then I I wasn't in Germany for a whole two and a half years. And then I was in Berlin for a month. And I basically had a whole calendar of, (laughs) of meeting my friends three or four meetings a day and I wasn't there 15 minutes early I was there like on time or two minutes late and every single of my friends called me five minutes before you are late I'm like no I'm not I'm gonna be there in five minutes no you're late I'm like no it's like five before (laughs) ten like I'm not gonna be late and they're like yes you're late you're usually 15 minutes early what's wrong with you I'm like well I'm, I'm not that person anymore. And they're like, they literally were like, what the fuck, Monique? You're always the earliest. You're always 20 or 15 minutes early. Why are you not here? I'm like, I'm, yeah. It's, and it's so interesting. This was a whole mind fuck for me because I was still on time. I was like, there 10 and they were there like 10 minutes early and I wasn't there and they were, they were having this whole new experience of Monique not being this crazy <laughs> German anymore, you know? Uh, and so I was like, I had to educate my friends that I'm not going to be 20 minutes early anymore. And I'm also not going to be 10 minutes early anymore. I'm going to be just on time. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to message you know, like sometimes I didn't even realize anymore how long it takes with the freaking metro in Berlin. So sometimes I was like literally two minutes late, which for me wasn't a deal anymore. And they were like, where are you? What are you doing? Like, you're super late. And I'm like, two minutes. I'm around the corner. Like literally two minutes. It's not super late. Yeah. Yes, you're 20 minutes late. I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> This is freaking me out. (laughs) So exhausting. Stop it. (laughs) And this was such an... So much right now. Right? 
And this was so such an experience because also for me to be able to let go of this whole German being 15 minutes early to being two minutes late. I'm here sometimes two minutes late in Thailand and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm two minutes late. And they all look at me and they're like, so what? <laughs> okay. Weird. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. They're literally like, they're like, wow, she's such a weirdo. And I'm like, well, I'm German, so... It's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing, okay. Yeah, no, I totally get it. I totally get it. I had to get really rid of that when it came came to other people. They'd be like, like, here in the United... I had that, but if you have like a, like a technician or something come over to your house, they'd be like, okay, we will be there between 8 and 12. And you're like... What kind of time measure is that, bro? <laughs> Give me like or ten, <laughs> you know, or eleven. Like I really have to get. Yeah, that is so funny. I had sometimes here, which is super interesting to me. The technicians, like I had internet problems. The technicians called me and they're like, "We're coming tomorrow at 9 I'm like, "Okay." And eight fifteen, they walk in. I'm not even fully dressed enough to have someone come in. Like I only wear a shirt and I'm like, uh, one second, <laughs> I'm putting on pants. And I'm like, didn't you want to come at nine? And they're like, yeah, we are already here. I'm like, yeah. huh. okay. okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then the other way around, you know, they want to come at nine and they came at like 11 something. And I'm like, do you want to come at nine? And they're like, well, now we're here. And I'm like, I guess time is just, uh, yeah, you know, like some type of illusion here as well. So <laughs> oh, I love it. Love it. <sighs> All right. Anita, I love everything we talk about. I have two more questions for you. Yes. So tell me what does efficiency mean to you? Oh, efficiency. What does that mean to me? Hmm. I am most efficient when I'm most connected. Oh, yes. I love that. And looking back... In your life, everything. If you would have to push the reset button, but you would need or want, however, to get back to success, whatever that means to you, what of the three things would you keep repeating to get back to success? What of the three things would I keep repeating to get back to success? Mm -hmm. hmm. Learning to accept myself. Mm -hmm trusting my soul and really connecting and always recognizing the magic in me. Oh, I love that. They're so amazing. I think a lot of people, they don't understand how magical they are. Yes, they really don't. And you know, the thing that I'm learning is the more magic I see in myself, the more magic I see in other people. Oh, damn. The more magic I see in myself, the more magic I see in other people. Can we quote Anita Garza on that, please? <laughs> we need some motivational pictures with that now. Some sparkling. Wow, that for real though. Ooh. The more magic I see in myself, the more magic I see in other people. We're going to wrap this up with that. Set. No, actually, I have another question. Where can people find you? And what can they find there? Let's, where can they find your magic? Honestly, the simplest way to find me is either on Facebook as Anita Garza. I don't look like an Anita Garza, just FYI. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> okay. Really? Uh, Do you think you don't look like Anita Garza? Most, most Anita Garzas look Hispanic. I got the name oh. marriage. <laughs> I'm black. I have short black hair. I did not look Hispanic at all. And then on oh, Instagram, you can find me under the Soul Impactor. Those are the two main spaces to find me on. 
and what can people get from you? So we know you read human design. Right. And a whole lot of, like, I feel my mission is it to help people disconnect, uh, reconnect in their disconnect. Like, just helping them find a connection to themselves again. And not just like, oh, speaking my truth. No, I'm talking about like that soul connection, that connection that fuels me, that everybody has inside of them to bring people back mm -hmm. to that. And unleash the magic. Yes, sprinkle it everywhere. <laughs> I love that. Anita, thank you so much for being here, taking the time and sparkling your magic all over this podcast for us this today. This so much fun. I love it. You've been listening to Efficiency On Demand. On Demand. We hope you've learned that you too can unlock your ultimate potential, how to control your time, create some clarity in your crazy life, and how to live life limitless. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and please follow on Instagram at the Monique Lindner. We'll see you next time on Efficiency On Demand with Monique. Remember to slow down to speed up.